0: Well, it's time to talk racing here on the Fox 4 Podcast. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. For week number two, we're into Atlanta. And what a race it was. Brad Kozlowski held off the flu to pick up the victory. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished today in the Folds of Honor 500.
1: In first place, now the winningest driver for Penske Racing, Brad Kozlowski, followed by Martin Truex Jr. And third place, Kurt Busch, followed by Kevin Harvick. Kansas native Clint Boyer in fifth. In sixth place, we have Kyle Bush, followed by Joe Gibbs' racing teammate Eric Jones, Eric Almorella in eighth, Chris Buescher in ninth, and Daniel Suarez in tenth.
0: Finishing in 11th was last week's winner, Denny Hamlin. Twelfth was Kyle Larson. Boy, what a what a raw deal he got today. 13th, Ryan Newman. 14th, Paul Menard. 15th, Alex Bowman. 16th, David Reagan. 17th, William Byron. 18th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 19th, Chase Elliott. And 20th, Daniel Hemrick.
1: And 21st, we have Austin Dillon, followed by Ryan Blaney. 22nd. 23rd, we have Joey Logano, followed by Jimmy Johnson. And 25th, Ty Dillon. 26th, Matt D. Di- Bendetto. And 27th, we have Bubba Wallace. 28th, Matt Tiff. And 29th, Corey LaJoy. And 30th, Parker Klingerman.
0: 31st was Ross Chastain. 32nd, DJ McLeod. 33rd, Cody Ware. 34th, Landon Castle. 35th, Ryan Priest. 36th, Jarrett Smithley. Michael McDowell was 37th and 30, oh wait, only 37 teams showed up for the race this week in Atlanta. So for all you old-timers like me who are used to having 43 cars in the full field, we haven't seen that for a couple, for a while now. There wasn't 43 last week, there's only 37 this week. But what a great race in Atlanta today. I, I think we didn't all know what to expect from Atlanta because of the changes in in the cars, but I think it was pretty good racing and Pretty dull for the
1: first segment. And it wasn't the crash fest like Daytona was, which that's usually the case. This is really, in my mind, where the season starts. Daytona, it's a whole different ballgame. Here, this is where the drivers are looking ahead for the season. Um, And, like I said, it wasn't the crash fest. First stage, uh, like you said, pretty uneventful. Larson definitely dominated that one, ending three, four seconds ahead. Uh, But then stage two and on. Uh, It was close racing. Those restarts uh, were bumpy. They were going four wide. Um, It was some crazy racing going on in Atlanta today.
0: And boy, you have to feel bad for Kyle Larson because this guy in this car dominated this race today. He led 142 laps and until a late caution on lap, I believe it was lap 227. With a caution, he goes to pit road and trying to win the battle off of pit road. He got flagged for a speeding penalty had to go to the end of the, of the lead lap, and uh, that pretty much took him out of contention for this win.
1: And Martin Truex was talking about how he was obsessed with the lap cars, and I think that with Larson going back, he just, with the dirty air, was not able to get up there in time. Uh, he was the car to beat early on, and that uh, pit road penalty just ruined his day.
0: How many times have we seen that happen to guys who have just had a dominant run that it looks like they're just set up to pick up the victory – and then something like that happens on pit road where where a speeding penalty just, just kills their day. And, and it did for him. And I think with him trying to get back to the front, he, he made a great recovery. He finished, where did I see him finish? 12th. He made it all the way back to 12th position after that penalty. So his car was running really, really well. But it was just a shame for a guy who has finished second so many times, like 15 times in the last two years. He's been runner-up and just never seems to have that little extra bit that it takes to get the victory lane.
1: And what impresses me with Kyle Larson is uh, racing on the dirt tracks, the way he can really race the car up against the wall and move that car around the track. Um, I think a lot of drivers are saying that the wind today was a a factor around the track, and you could see the cars, uh, a lot of drivers getting loose many times. And uh, Larson, he was able to just battle – it all out. Um, his restarts are really impressive too.
0: I think these guys with a lot of the dirt experience though are gonna love this new aero package and the new horsepower package on, on the Cup Series car. We didn't see the full package today. They're gonna make a, there's another slight change that will be in effect for next week in Las Vegas. But I gotta tell you, I, I liked the ability to pass. I liked putting the control of the car back into the driver's hands a little bit more. And I think I think as fans I was noticing as I was checking after the race some comments from some of the fans. You had, you had three, three, uh, three, three, three groups of fans. You either had you had the fans who loved it, you had the fans who hated it, and you had the fans that were just kind of meh. It was it was Atlanta, and we got what we normally get at Atlanta.
1: I know uh, Daryl Waltrip. He tweeted today after the race. He thought that the race is entertaining cars is much closer together then past Atlanta races, and very exciting finish. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., he tweeted as well, saying, great race today, Uh, good win for Kozlowski. He had Eric Omirola picked for the upset. Um, And, uh, you know, Truex closing at the end. Um, It was what a lot of us remember, Atlanta, back in the day. You know, Kevin Harvick's win against Jeff Gordon in 2001. You know, Dale Earnhardt, Bobby Labonte in 2000. Uh, just kind of bringing those back where, I mean, Larson was the car to beat, but then you had Kevin Harvick, who was dominant at times, Martin Truex Jr., and then Kozlowski came out there at the end.
0: I think, if I think though, if Martin Truex had had one more lap, I think we'd be talking about a different winner. And I think we really had and, – and to talk about the winner, Kozlowski, really props to that guy because he was sick all weekend long. They had a They had a driver standing by to take his place, but apparently – I guess when you have a car that's running really, really well and has a chance to win, maybe it helps you feel a little bit better behind the wheel. I don't know.
1: Oh, he's got to be feeling great now. I remember reading that yesterday. Um, he didn't even attend final practice. Uh, and it reminds me, I, I think it was back in 2007, I want to say Denny Hamlin was real sick and almost didn't run a race. And uh, I can't remember where it was. It was in September of 2007. And he came back and he he won the race just like Kulzowski did. Um so impressive for um they he they put they had to put ivs in him and everything today
0: yeah it's you know for all of us who we work for a living and you know those days when man you just don't feel like going into work let alone getting in a vehicle and driving 170 180 miles an hour yeah props to to kezlowski for picking up his 28th series victory in this race um it was a good run for him a, a good comeback Propinski Racing, they had kind of a rough little, little week in Daytona, but uh, overall a good day, I, a good race. I, I think I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see some different names up towards the top of the standings than than we're used to. We're we're seeing names. The, the JTD, the JTG Doherty team. Both of their cars were in the top ten until a little incident on pit road that took out uh priest, but I, I like seeing these new names, this, this younger blood because all the old guys are gone. Gordon's gone. stewart has gone. Earnhardt's gone. Kent is gone. Edwards is gone. Think about all the talent that's left this sport in the last two or three years, but it's great to see these, these young guys coming up and replacing those guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, seeing, you know, Chris Busher in the top 10, uh, that's impressive. Even, you know, Clint Boyer, who's on his second year with uh, Stuart Haas racing, uh, seeing him, uh, <clears throat> he had one of the faster cars this weekend, too. And then you got seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson. He I, he was just kind of out of the picture. They, in fact, most of the Hendrick Motorsports cars were sort of out of the picture today. I saw Chase Elliott. He was struggling. Uh, Alex Bowman. Um, he had some issues early on on Pitt Road.
0: Yeah, the, the Hendrick cars did not have a good day today. Chase Elliott ended up 19th. Jimmy Johnson ended up 24th, and that's pretty much where he was all day long. Just, just couldn't get a handle on this new car. Um, but don't be if you're if you're a Johnson fan, don't be too concerned. If you're if you're an Elliott fan, like I know you are, Brian, don't be too concerned. This is this is only the second race, and this is we, like we have said a couple times already. This really is the beginning of the NASCAR season. You kind of the Daytona 500 is awesome. And it's a great race and all that, but really. You're on a track this week that is similar to most of the tracks you run your races on. So this really is the official start, in my mind, of the NASCAR season. I think we had a good race for the unofficial official start of the NASCAR season.
1: I agree. Uh, And and drivers now are really getting the feel of the the new aero package and the rules and all that. And like you said, there's going to be even some more changes for Vegas next weekend.
0: Let's go ahead and take a look at at the points standings. It seems almost a little silly to look at the points standings with only two races in the books, but Denny Hamlin is still your points leader after picking up the win last week in Daytona. Kevin Harvick is second in points, Kyle Busch third, Kyle Larson fourth, Joey Logano fifth, Brad Keselowski is sixth, and the two guys are locked into the championship, Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski, and you got to think, hey, they got that out of the way, so you know
1: they can kind of goal, play. The
0: goal is to lock that place up, and now they've done it.
1: And so they have room to kind of, they can take chances a bit more now. Sort of experiment, um, especially at some of you know the short tracks coming up. Uh, they don't have to worry about uh, Daytona or Talladega um, coming up later on this spring and summer. Uh, just more of a chance, and both those guys are great at restrictor plate tracks. So. Uh, they probably have a chance to be
0: one of the top contenders for sure. Yeah, they do. And it's interesting now that we've got the season kicked off and Daytona's wrapped up, Atlanta is wrapped up, which has really been the second race of the year for several years now. And it's kind of hanging out in the southeast part of the country where NASCAR was born, where it was raised, where it got popular and then started to spread across the nation. This coming week, Man, they go to this brutal West Coast swing, which some teams, actually, I don't know of any teams that really like the West Coast swing. They like it better now because they're out there for Vegas, Phoenix, California. You don't have, like it used to be, Vegas, a short track in the Southeast, Phoenix, and then back to the Southeast, and then back out to the coast for California. They finally worked the schedule where they stay out there, I think that's a benefit to the teams because they don't have to bring everybody back and forth. I know it, it probably logistically is a nightmare with cars and whatnot because you're going to use different cars. At, you're not going to use the same car at Vegas as you would at Phoenix. You may use the same car at Vegas in California, but Phoenix is is just its own little creature right there in the middle of that swing. So Logistically, it's probably going to be a challenge, but I think the team's appreciate NASCAR putting these three west coast races right together in the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, and it used to be they would go on this west coast swing right after Daytona and I'm glad that Atlanta gives them that little bit of a break because there was one year, you know, or 2012 where uh the rain delay and then uh oh, the, the, yeah, the, the fire down. explosion on the Monday night
0: jet dryer explosion. Thank you Juan Montoya. And so
1: that put teams having to rush So now, after Daytona, teams don't have to rush as much, and now they can really prepare more for their West Coast swing. Um, And speaking of Vegas next week, um, in the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, in the last five years, you know who has won uh, the most at Vegas?
0: Oh, let me think about that. Would it be a Bush?
1: It would actually be Brad Kozlowski.
0: Brad Keselowski, I didn't realize that. He won in
1: 2018, 2016, 2015, or I'm sorry, 2014.
0: I guess I always assumed that Vegas would be be a a great home track for the Bush boys because that's where they're from, but uh, that's pretty impressive from Keselowski, and again, it's a mile and a half oval, which is similar to a lot of what they they drive on, so uh, it's going to be fun going to Vegas, but... Hanging back in Atlanta here just a little bit. What a great weekend! Speaking of Bush, what a great weekend for the Bush boys, and they had some historic uh, mile, milestones they passed this weekend in Atlanta with with career starts and 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 uh, Kyle winning his 50. I think it was his 51st truck race. 51st
1: or 52nd. 51st but it- or
0: 52nd. He, he bypasses Ron Hornaday, who was uh, an amazing boy. Talk about a throwback name, Ron Hornaday. An amazing. Craftsman Truck Series driver all the way back to that. He drove the number three truck for many years in that series and, and won a ton of races. But uh, love Cowboys or hate Cowboys, you cannot deny what an amazing driver this young man is.
1: Yeah, um, especially in you know in the Truck Series, he's been dominant, uh, especially at Kansas every year. Um, whenever he's in that series, he's he's the man to beat. Um, I kind of felt bad uh his car he wrecked uh, in practice had to go to backup and then today he had trouble and uh just wasn't able to bring it up to the front
0: and you know, uh, thinking about bush across the truck series across the bush xfinity nationwide whatever you know the the various the various uh sponsors of that series Counting up all of the wins this guy has across all three major NASCAR platforms, it's just stunning when you think about how many wins he has across those three series. And if I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it was, it was, is it approaching 200? Am I, is that, I may be, I may be misspeaking there. I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head and I don't,
1: have I, I don't
0: know me. for sure. But it's an incredible amount of victories that kid has 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 won over his career in all three of those series. He, like I said, love him or hate him, you cannot deny the amazing amount of talent that he has behind the wheel of a race car.
1: Yeah, he's aggressive, and he's been dominant at all kinds of tracks, short tracks, super speedways, mile-and-a-halves. Uh, Las Vegas, that's, you know, the Bush brothers' home track, so um, look for them to be strong there. Uh, Kurt Busch, he had a great run today, and... Um, I look for him on, you know, a new team this year. I'm glad for him um, after uh, his contract ending with Stuart Haas that he was able you know, find a team, and uh, so far seems to be going well.
0: I don't know. I, Kurt Busch is a puzzle to me. He really is. This kid, back in the day, when he was with Roush Fenway Racing, he, he was a champion, championship driver, um, ran into some trouble with the law at Phoenix. He got arrested for DWI or DUI. I don't remember exactly. Roush-Finway, I remember the statement that they came out with at that time, and I believe that their president at that time was a guy named Jeff Smith. And they fired Kurt Bush. And Jeff Smith said something to the effect, I'm done. I don't have to apologize for this guy anymore because he had a rough... He had a rough stage of growing up. He was he was he was I always love this. This is one of my favorite terms that, that sports people use. He was a fiery competitor. He had he had he had some issues with his temper. He had some issues with saying things, wrong things at the wrong time. He wasn't real smart about what he said. He got fired, moved on. And he's just had he's just had he's just one of those guys that's kind of rough around the edges. A talented driver, championship driver. But since he left there, since he won his championship, he's just kind of bounced around.
1: I think his attitude has improved a lot, and I, I think he realized after uh, being let go at Penske, uh, he had a couple uh, rough years trying to find the rides. Um, I, I know once he was at Stewart Haas, he knew how lucky he was and knew that this is pretty much his, his last chance not to mess up. And, I mean, I, years ago I can remember um, – Kurt Busch going up to crew chiefs after a race and or after a wreck and, and chewing out other drivers, crew chiefs and just uh, his radio conversation, which, you know, all the drivers radio, uh, is entertaining, but Kurt's, I mean, just his, his attitude, um, was so different and I couldn't stand him.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of people that felt that way, but he had a legion of fans too. You know, it's, that's what's so awesome about NASCAR is you can pick out your driver, you can pick out the guy who is, kind of the redneck, kind of, kind of the the, the, short-tempered. Um, let me th- I'll throw out an example: Tony Stewart, who I miss desperately in the Cup Series. I miss I miss him being on the track. I miss his attitude. I wasn't a fan of his, but I miss him being there because you could always go to Tony Stewart. And you would get the true sentiment, the true feeling about NASCAR, about the races, about the cars, about everything. He never would uh, give you a a politically correct answer. He was always very short and to the point.
1: And I think uh, there are drivers out there, you know, like Stewart, you know, their attitude. But you could tell other drivers who had respect uh, for them. And that shows a lot. Uh, that you can be a tough driver, you can sort of you have attitude. Uh, drivers want that. Uh, I think it was last season. Larry McReynolds was talking about how a lot of these
0: drivers are becoming
1: way too soft.
0: Well, that's what that was going to be my next question and and a thought for you is who of these young drivers do you see as being that kind of guy? As I look through as I look through these these the finish today the results for today. I'm not seeing anybody in this younger, this newer generation that's going to be that kind of guy, like a Tony Stewart or like a like a Kurt Busch or like you know some of these other guys. They're, it's almost like they're 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 made in a corporate template, and they got to fit that template, man. And they don't really want you speaking your mind. You just got to say good things. I don't know. I I don't see one there. Do you?
1: I I don't. I can't, I'm looking at the list, uh, the standings here, um, and nothing. None of these drivers, I mean, all drivers at some point, if you interview them after they've had a bad day, as soon as they get out of that car, you're just looking for bad answers and the driver to possibly have a temper. But uh, even Kyle Larson, uh, Chase Elliott, I mean, Ryan Blaney, a lot of these guys, I they haven't really shown. Um, I mean, Chase, his incident with Denny Hamlin a couple years ago, but it wasn't anything like Kurt Busch or Tony Stewart would have done you know the helmet throwing and things like that.
0: <laughs> it wasn't like Jeff Gordon and Jeff Burton coming to blows on the backstretch and I I want to say it was Charlotte many years ago where and, and Gordon was not ever known as that guy. Gordon was the straight-laced corporate the corporate dream, man. He never got into trouble, he never shot his mouth up. he never heard foul language from Jeff Gordon, but but this one he and Jeff Burton got into it and Gordon met him on the backstretch, man, and they started punching each other. It was kind of a lame fight. But it was kind of it was kind of cool to see that fire out of Jeff Gordon after most of his career, him being the straight laced, you know, the, the the good old boy, the milk and cookies kind of guy. But I just don't, and I I'm sad a little bit because that's something that I always loved about NASCAR is having those personalities, and now it just kind of seems they're all, yeah, just kind of the same.
1: Yeah, I I think it's still developing. Um, a lot of I mean, we still. Have Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, who's been in the series for, you know, since two thousand one, following the passing of Dale Earnhardt. Um, We still have time for sort of that generation that sort of came after Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart. Uh, You still have uh, Harvick, Kurt Busch, though. uh, Kurt Busch, I don't know how much longer he'll be racing, or you know, Jimmy Johnson. Um, Those guys are still there, and they're still competitive. Um, but, guys, you know, Ryan Blaney, he was up there today. Um, and Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. I think those guys are still – now's the time now. They're way past the rookie season. They got to start getting more – they need to be more aggressive um, in order to beat guys like Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick. So
0: you think it's time for them to start developing a little bit of Yeah,
1: I think they need to be more aggressive. I think, I, I think so many drivers, you know – it's you know you wreck a car it's it's not uh cheap to fix all that and so um especially for those smaller teams so i think a lot of drivers sort of play it safe you know they might have a fast car but they don't get too they don't push it you know to try to get that win i do think barton Truck's jr he was definitely pushing it i mean if you're in second place and you're less than a second behind the guy in front you're gonna do what you you know everything you can to get up there um But I I think some of these guys can be. I think Kyle Larson is starting. He's shown in the last year, um, and and Ryan Blaney as well. Since he's been on Penske, um, he's been up front.
0: So you think that they need to develop this aggressiveness on the track, and that's going to translate into their personalities once they get off the track. You think that's going to we're 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 going to see some growth in those guys in the next few years?
1: Absolutely, Uh, absolutely. They're all on great teams. Um, they're giving great cars. They're great drivers. And I think if they could push it a bit more, we're going to see a little bit more of you know their personalities come out, especially guys like Ryan Blaney and Kyle Larson. You know,
0: winning would help that arrogance a little bit, too, because you go out and you win every week. And, and I, I know Jeff Gordon um, has said over the years – Back when he was winning tremendous, I mean, in the late 90s, he won he won 30 races in, in three years. He was averaging over 10 wins a season in 97, 98, 99. He said, I really didn't mind the booze. I love the applause, but I didn't mind the booze. I just wanted them to know who I was. And, man, people knew who he was. Even though he wasn't really outspoken, they hated him because he won so much. And I think they hated him because he was taking on the Intimidator. So, I think you're right. I think as they as they develop their on-track aggressiveness, their on-track personality, hopefully that will help them pull them out of their shells and, and say, hey, it's okay if I do, if I say something maybe a little out of line, not out of line, but out of character for me. Hopefully, we'll see that because I think NASCAR desperately needs those personalities.
1: And I think you know, just like with the New England Patriots, everyone's tired of seeing them win in the NFL. Um, with drivers, that you know, Jimmy Johnson, people can't stand him, mainly because, I mean, he won five championships in a row. And, he you know, last season was the first season he, he didn't win a race. Um, but guys like Kyle Busch, uh, they're on, they're in victory lane at the end of the day a lot. Um, and even Martin Truex Jr., you know, he's there. You know, the Penske drivers, Kozlowski and Logano, they top been top contenders for the last, you know, eight, ten years. And I want to
0: touch something real quick before we do a quick preview of Las Vegas. Martin Truex said something this weekend that I found was interesting. Last year, three drivers won 20 out of the 36-point races. Martin Truex, Bush won eight, Harvick won eight, and Truex won four. Three drivers won 20 of the points races. Martin Truex said this weekend in Atlanta that he doesn't believe there's going to be a big three in NASCAR. He doesn't believe you're going to see a driver winning multiple races because of the changes they've made. Is that good or bad in your opinion?
1: I like that. Um, though everyone would like to see their driver, I think, win week in and week out. The interesting sure. thing about NASCAR, you know, from other sports, is not just two teams. You have uh, not in Atlanta, but you usually have forty. Cars racing around. You have forty different drivers. Some of them might be on the same teams, but when they're on the track, they're on their own team. Yes. And to get some variety um, on wins would be great. And then to get some of those guys out there, they have them get a chance. Like you know, Chris Buescher, um and some of those other guys you don't hear a lot. Uh, for them to have a chance, not just in Daytona and Talladega, um, I I would appreciate, and it'd be fun to kind of have a bit of a more uh, variety and unexpected of you know, next week, you know, we can look and say, you know, Brad kozowski's won there the most in the last five years, but then, you know, with the new package, that might not matter so much. And someone out of nowhere might come out, you know, Clint Boyer, who you when it probably is on a lot of people's list for Vegas, come out and
0: win. Yeah, I, I think I think Martin Truex Jr. is correct in saying he doesn't think there'll be three drivers who win twenty. Of the 36 races that was huge that was pretty incredible actually you're going to have multiple race winners just because of the talent pool there's no way denny hamlin well maybe now that i think about it maybe he's right maybe there won't be multiple winners maybe getting into maybe getting in the early season here maybe the key for some of these drivers is getting to victory lane and getting that spot locked down in the chase right now while everybody's still trying to figure out just exactly how this new car package is going to run. But uh, I, I don't think you'll see anybody with eight or nine wins. I think there will be drivers who are talented enough to win two or three races, but I think I think it's good for NASCAR that we don't have three guys winning over half of the points races.
1: And just like any other sport, um, I think we are going to see some drivers win. Uh, two, three, for sure. I, I think Kevin Harvick, Martin Trucks Jr., Kyle Busch, those guys, I think you're going to still see those. Once they really get comfortable, they all ran, you know, well today. They're looking good in the point standings. I think you're still going to see them win multiple races and do well at, you know, especially the mile and half tracks. We have Phoenix coming up. Kevin Harvick's always been dominant there. Um, So I, I think those guys are still going to be in the top and win multiple races. All right.
0: Second week is in the books. We have two different winners, two different weeks. We head out west to Las Vegas. Who is your pick to win in Vegas? Who's going to roll the dice, gamble a little bit in Vegas to pick up the victory next weekend?
1: Oh, man. I'm going to go with Martin Trucks Jr. I think he, he, after the race, he looked, as his post-interview, he was so... This point, he said he had the best car out there today. He was frustrated, you know, with the lap cars. Couldn't get that cleaner. I think he's he's got this package pretty much figured out. I think whatever changes in Vegas, yeah, I mean, he'll nail it. He's been so dominant at mile and a half tracks. I think I'm gonna bet on Martin Truex Jr. next week. All right,
0: I'm gonna go with uh, the guy who led the most laps this week in Atlanta. I'm gonna go with Kyle Larson. I think it's time for him to break out of this this funk he is in. All the second place finishes and truly the speedy on Road penalty was a knucklehead move by him. Uh, I've always been, I've not been a fan of that penalty so much. If it it was really, really blatant, yes. His was not that blatant. I, I don't know. But I really think that Kyle Larson, they ran so well today. That car ran so well. I think they got a little bit of momentum despite the problem today. My guy is Kyle Larson next week. At Las Vegas, no matter who wins, we'll be here next week to talk about the winners and the losers from Las Vegas. I'm Sam Anwell,
1: and I'm Brian Dealey.
0: We're talking racing on the Signal Hill Podcast. Look around; you can find cars like these on Auto Trader: new cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs>